Thank you for joining us for this broadcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our broadcast with others. Now, we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. Let's go to God in prayer. Let's thank Him for a moment, and then we're going to get into our lesson together. God, we thank you so much for a chance just to be in your presence today. We thank you for the opportunity to sing songs to you, to uh, commune together uh, around this table and remember the sacrifice of your son. We are grateful for the opportunity to pray together uh, and, and to just worship together in so many different ways today, God. We pray now that as we come to this time that we're going to open up your word and study, that you will soften our hearts, that you will open our hearts to your spirit, God, that you will allow us to listen, to hear, to act, God. We pray that we will be motivated and convicted to make changes in our life, and, and really more than anything from today's lesson, that we will be encouraged by your presence. And it's in your son's name we pray, amen. Okay, open your Bibles to Psalms 139. Psalms 139, as we continue with our thoughts on deeper in prayer together, this particular series is going to take us through the remainder of the month together, Psalms 139. I was thinking this week as I was uh, putting some thoughts together, beginning to put some thoughts together, I've had a, I have had outside of Vacation Bible School, I have had a very busy week, a, a lot of study prep. I, I've, I've taught a couple of extra classes. I got uh, to go to Faulkner this week and and teach at a youth conference that's going on down there. So I've had a lot of lessons going this week. And uh, uh, as I was kind of working on all these different things, something came to my mind. Because some of the things, you know, if you're working in a lot, on a lot of different things, uh, at least in my life, as I work on my lessons, they're going to eventually overlap. Those trains of thoughts are all going to kind of end up in the same direction. And they, and they kind of did in a lot of ways. But one of the questions I asked myself as I was studying this week and looked up some different thoughts that other people might have, is what is the goal of our prayer life? What is the goal of our prayer life? And I think that there's a lot of ways that we can answer that question. I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of different directions that that answer could go. Uh, we could talk about, you know, it's our way to express our needs to God. But, but I thought about that, and I thought, well, you know, it is a way. It could be a goal to express my needs to God. But if I truly believe what Scripture says, does God not know my needs already? Yeah, absolutely. So, so prayer is not necessarily maybe the informative conversation with God that we like to think about. Okay, I know that when we talk about confession, sometimes we talk about it in a way as letting God know that we've done wrong. Well, let me tell you what, God already knows that we've done wrong if we've done it, right? So we're not really informing God of anything. Maybe we're, we're accepting that God knows this and we're accepting that what we've done is wrong. Um, so, so the goal of prayer is not information, per se. Uh, the goal of prayer is not a golden parachute. Some people kind of think of prayer and its purpose as kind of a golden parachute, right? I'm in trouble. I need something. So what am I going to do? I'm going to pray about it. I've tried everything else. 
And that hasn't worked. So I'm going to take this time now and I'm going to pray to God. And maybe that will solve my problem, solve my situation. I'm not sure if I put this in my slides. Let's see. Um, oh, it is. What is the goal of prayer? But this is kind of where, where I came to. The goal of prayer is for me to have an intimate relationship with God. That's the goal of prayer, is intimacy. It's to have this deep, meaningful conversation. And I got to thinking about it in this way. I've got some good friends. I do. I have some good friends in my life, and I'm very blessed with those friends. And uh, so, so, But you know, the, the conversations that you have with acquaintances is different than the conversations you have with your best friends, right? I mean, you can talk about the same thing, but that conversation is going to be different because from acquaintance to friend uh, or best friend, the intimacy level goes up, right? And then I go from my best friends to my spouse. I go from my best friends to Blair. And even though I may have great conversations with my friends, the conversations that I have with my wife are even more intimate. They're even more personal. They're, there's a deeper connection there. And then as we think about taking our prayer life, our conversation life, and really, that's what prayer is. Prayer makes it sound real formal, and I think there are times that it's appropriate to be respectful and formal before God, but ultimately, prayer is a conversation. Prayer is your conversation with your God, with your Father, with your Creator, and that conversation should be the most intimate relationship that you have. If for no other reason than God already knows, God already knows what I'm saying. It's not about information. God already knows what you're sharing. So you should be as open and as transparent with Him as possible. And when we do that, some very important things happen. I believe there's some things that we're all searching for, some things that we're all seeking for. I think in our life, we're all searching and seeking for things to bring us joy. We're all searching and seeking things to bring peace into our life. And I believe a lot of us go through phases, we all go through phases, where we try to figure out our purpose. Why am I here? What am I trying to accomplish? And through an intimate conversation life, an intimate prayer life with God, I find the joy that I'm searching for, I find the peace that I need, and I find the purpose that ultimately satisfies me greater than anything this world would say is my purpose. So how do I get to that point? How do I get to that point? That's the whole purpose, if you will, of this idea of deeper in prayer, is getting to the point that we have this intimate relationship with God. But if you open your Bibles and keep them there to Psalm 139, we're going to learn something. Some of you already know this, but we're going to learn something about God today that I think is so vitally important for us to remember and that is this, that prayer puts us in the presence of God. Actually, let's step that back just a moment. Yes, prayer puts us in the presence of God, but as we read through parts of Psalm 139, what I want you to understand this morning is you are always in the presence of God. You're always in the presence of God. How many of you had parents that just seemed to know everything about you? If you did something wrong, you got in trouble for it. So uh, I've got a boy that was in our youth group 
um, growing up. Well, when he was growing up, he was in our youth group in McMinnville. And he, he moved into the preachers with his, with his uncle, who was the preacher. And, and Gray had problems. Gray had a lot of problems. Gray had a lot of stuff stacked up against him to begin with. But Gray had a lot of problems. And he had, uh, at 16, he had snuck out of Tim's house one night to smoke a cigarette. And um, we lived three houses down from Tim and Dana and Gray and his sister that had moved in. And we're pulling through. And I see him standing outside in the front yard smoking this cigarette. So what does the youth minister do? The youth minister pulls right up in front of him, and that boy put that cigarette in his back pocket. And the whole time we're standing there, Gray's doing this right here. Yeah, man, yeah. And I just, we just sit there and talk. And that thing burnt a hole in the back of his britches and burned him pretty bad. So when I got home, I text Tim. I said, hey, this is what just happened. And um, the next day, Gray comes and he sits in my office and he says, man, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you, when you pulled in last night, I just played dumb. When you pulled in last night, this is what I was doing. I stuck that cigarette in my back pocket. He goes, it burnt me, burnt me bad. He goes, but here's the thing I can't figure out. And he goes, Tim knew about it. He goes, everything that I do, Tim knows. He goes, it's like Tim's everywhere that I go. And what he doesn't realize is Tim's got a lot of eyes. You know, he's got a lot of people looking out. It's what parents do. got a lot of people looking out. But I want you to know something this morning. God is that way with you. Not, and not in a bad way like with Gray and with Tim. But everywhere you go, no matter what you're doing, no matter what's going on in your life, you are in the presence of God. Or maybe it helps you to think this way. That's fine too. God is in your presence. God's sitting beside you at breakfast. God's walking alongside with you at Walmart. God's riding in the car with you as you go wherever you might go. God's sitting in the pew with you this morning as you're worshiping. You are always in the presence of God. And what I want you to get today, if nothing else, is that should bring you the greatest comfort. That should bring you the greatest comfort. So, Let's begin and talk about um, prayer, not in, but with the presence of God as David begins to walk through this, uh, this idea. These, these are some, I don't know what just happened on the back screen. Uh, these, these, this is kind of where we're going to go today. But as we read these things, I want you to understand uh, these thoughts uh, together. Let's, let's back up to where we begin here. Okay, so the first thing I want you to understand here is God is already here wherever you are. That doesn't sound like correct English, but it's the best way to maybe say it. God is already here wherever you are. So begin in verses one through three. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Now, in Hebrew culture, in, in Jewish culture, uh, the, the idea of life was found in rhythm, okay, was found in rhythm. Your goings and comings and your ups and your downs and your sleepings and your awakenings. And you see a lot of that in David's writing. And what that, what that is, 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 is it's kind of poetic terms for the rhythms and the rhymes of life. Now, let me just, let me just ask you this morning, how many of you love summer? How many of you love summer? I think we all love summer to some degree for a lot of different reasons, but let me ask you this, parents of school-aged kids, how many of you are looking forward to getting back into the routine of the school year? 
I am. I'm looking forward to my kids being back in a routine. We function better in that way in our house, having, having those things go on and those things that we know about. And our kids are, are just in a lot of different directions right now. We didn't have any kids. No, we just had one kid last week maybe. Um, then they all came back for like three days, and now they've all disappeared again. We've got two of them today, and I'm kind of having a hard time keeping up with who's where and when and how long they're going to be gone. And so I enjoy having the, the rhythm of the school year so, so we know what's going on and what's happening in the schedule. And, and I think many of us, we function better in routine. We, we just do. We, we function better in routine. But what I hear from what David's saying here at the very beginning is that God knows our rhythm of life. God knows our rhythms of our life. He knows what gets us up. He knows what gets us down. He knows, he knows when we're struggling, okay? He knows when we're happy. He knows when we're joyful. He knows when we have peace, but he also knows when those rhythms are upset and, and there's difficult things going on. We can know that God knows those things, that he is there with us and that he is already here regardless of where here may be for each and every one of us. The next thing he says here, and this may be one of my favorite to talk about, God is already in front of me and still behind me. Let that sink in for just a moment. God is already in front of me and still behind me. Let's look at what he says here. Um, he says, before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hands upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. So God is already in front of me and is still behind me. And what I think about this, and, and so let's, let's take Vacation Bible School for just a moment. Let's take that moment uh, and think about it. Vacation Bible School, is it in front of us or is it behind us now? It's behind us. But you know, there were some conversations that took place at Vacation Bible School. There were some faith-sharing moments that took place at Vacation Bible School. And even though God, I'm sorry, even though Vacation Bible School in our mindset and in our time frame is behind us, God is still working in the moments that happened then. Those conversations that we had, those prayers that we prayed for those opportunities, God is still in that moment, working in those moments, but he's also in front of us, preparing us for what might be the answer to those prayers. And that's kind of hard for us to comprehend a little bit because our mindset and train of thought and understanding of time is very present, isn't it? very what's happening here, and also focusing on what is coming ahead. But this passage tells us that God is already in front of me, but he's also behind me, still working in those moments that I have left. I see that played out in the book of Daniel, as Daniel is praying and an angel comes to him and says, hey, I'm sorry, it's taken me so long to get here. I had this spiritual battle that I had to go through. He goes, but when you prayed this prayer then, God went ahead and sent me to now to tell you the prayer was going to be answered then. Again, we have a very structured idea of time. 
but God does not. So God's always where we were, and he's always where we're going. And to me, that is such a comfortable and powerful thing. The next thing, and I think we understand this because we've talked about it a little bit, God is everywhere that I go. God is everywhere I go. 7 through 10, he says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise up on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. I I like the way he ends this and and the picture he paints with all of these words. It doesn't matter where I go. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. It doesn't matter what's happening around me. God's presence is there. And no matter how good or bad it might be, his hand guides us and his hand holds us. And that's just a beautiful image that we get. Uh, God is light, even in darkness, he brings light. We're, we're going to hit some of these verses, and then we're fixing to make some applications, so I know we're moving fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like day, for darkness is a light to you. Um, scripture tells us, Jesus tells us that we're to be the what of the world, the light. God is light. In him there is no darkness. And no matter where you go or what you do, in a negative sense, as we've already mentioned, no matter where you go or what you do in a negative sense, do you have to inform God of that if you repent of that? No, you don't have to inform him of that. He already knows. He's there. But on the flip side of that, I think it's also a beautiful idea that when your light shines, God sees that and God is there. There are some of you that serve and, and do things maybe in a more public way, not to gain recognition, but your, your service and your talents and your abilities are more of a public nature. But then there are a lot of you who your service to God is very private. Your card riders, your meal preparers, you're, you're very private in the way that you serve. But I want you to know this morning that even though you're, you're private about it, God knows. God knows when you let your light shine. And it brings honor and glory to him, and he appreciates that. God is there when I'm formed. God is there when I'm formed. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the day, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. What a beautiful passage about life. Life before life, if you will. Life at conception. That what our, our politicians and everything argue about and, and fuss about when it comes to abortion rights and different things, God tells us this. David tells us this from God. He's there. He's there with us, for us, from the very beginning. And he's there making us and creating us. And isn't that just a beautiful thought? That you were knit together by the hands of your creator. It's like he rolled his hands up 
And he formed you to be exactly what he wanted you to be. He was there. And then, maybe, not, maybe a point that we don't have, but that he knows our days. He knows what we're going to do. He knows the life that we're going to live. He has written that in his book. And to that, we can find some comfort. So, so God is always there. All right? God is always there. God is, God is present with us no matter where we are, no matter what is going on, no matter what is happening. So what can we pull from that? What can we learn from that? How can we connect that in our life? Well, the first thing is this. We need, uh, we need prayer for the mindfulness of his presence. All right? We need prayer for the mindfulness of his presence. And what I mean by that is we need to pray in such a way that we learn to acknowledge the fact that he is there. We need to pray in the direction and the understanding that he's right there with us. Okay, that we're not praying to some God who's far off. We're not praying to some God who's disconnected. We're praying to a God who is present. We don't have to long for intimacy. Intimacy is right here with us and God. It is a conversation with him. Go back and look at verse 1. Go back and look at verse 1. It says, you have searched me, Lord, and you what? You know me. I love that idea. I love that idea that David says, you are here. You, you search me and you know me. You, God already has that intimacy with you because he is present with you. And there is a peace that comes from that. There is a peace that comes from knowing that God is sitting there right there with you. He's sitting right there with you. And once you realize that, it should change not just your prayer life, but it should change your life in every way. It should change your life in every way. One of the things, though, that we have to start doing is we have to start looking for God. To understand that we are always in the presence of God, we must always look for God. So let me just ask you to do something kind of quietly for just a moment. Just quietly for just a moment. Look around the room. Look around the room. Let me ask you this question. Where do you see God in this room this morning? Where do you see God in this room this morning? Did you walk in here this morning to worship the God in heaven? Or did you walk in here this morning to worship the God who was already in the room? Like I said, sometimes I think we get this idea that there's this disconnect from God. That he's there and we're here. But we have to begin to train our mind and, and look deeper into that relationship. And in every moment of our life, look around us and say, okay, where is God in this moment? One of my favorite ways to teach class, if you ever, if you ever get this question in a class from me, and this is what we talk about the whole time, because I haven't had time to actually prepare anything for class. And we do this to a small degree every, just about every time our young adult group gets together. But we ask this type of question, how have you been blessed this week? Or where have you seen God? I'm convinced you get a group of women together and you ask the question, where have you seen God this week? And you get them talking, that'll be a three-hour class. Women tend, 
you, you tend to have a little better connection of seeing God in the mundane sometimes. Men, sometimes we're so focused on the task, we're so focused on the direction or the leadership we're trying to provide, we're so focused on what we're trying to get done that we, we miss what God is doing around us. Ladies, you tend to maybe be a little more connected to that. So men, maybe this question is more for us. As you look around this room today, where do you see God? Because he's here. He's in the room with us. He's searching us. He knows us. And we need to become aware that he is here. And when we do that, it changes our view. It changes our outlook. It even can change the direction of our life in so many powerful ways. And, and, and when we realize that, it brings us this last idea. If God is everywhere, then he can be found in the most ordinary places, right? If God is everywhere, he can be found in the most ordinary places, do any of you, and I know you do, how many of you have a place that when you're there, you really feel connected to God? Like, when I go to this place, man, I, that, that's, that's when I feel, some people it's, it's outdoors, some people it's with family, some people it's at the beach, some people it's in the woods, some people it's in their garden. You know, uh, for me, one of the places that I think that I connect with God the most is on my lawnmower. I hadn't connected with him a lot this summer. It's been too hot and gas is too expensive. But, and it may be because there's no one bothering me in that moment. And so it's easy for us to say, okay, I'm going to be connected to God when I get to this point, when I have this time, when I have this experience, okay, when I go on this trip, when I'm at this retreat, when I'm at this church service. Or, but if we really understand that God is everywhere, then we can have those moments even in the most ordinary places. Even sitting in your living room at home you can have some of the greatest intimacy with God than anywhere else because you understand that God is there. And when we understand God is there in the presence of God, you will discover praise, you will discover gratitude, wonder, awe, and a whole lot more. Look at how he finishes it. He, he's understanding that God is here. He's understanding that God, his presence is everywhere. So this is how he ends this particular train of thought. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. So we must practice being in the presence of of God. He says, look, when I get up in the morning, I understand God is where? God is here. God is there. God is right there with me. And when I go to sleep at night, when that rhythm, when that routine of the day ends, I know that God is still there. Where I am, that is where my God is. So as we think about that, we must now be living our life and practice being in God's presence. We must listen for God. We must look for God. We must pay attention to those things so that when he nudges us, when he encourages us, when he blesses us, we're aware. We are in God's presence. And when we realize that God is with us, our prayer life, our conversation with God will take a step in a deeper direction to greater intimacy. And I hope that those thoughts bring you hope and encouragement this morning because that's how David writes them. Let's go to God in prayer as we close our time. 
God, we thank you so much for the chance to just be here, to be with you. Help us to understand, though, God, that when we leave here, you go with us and that you're already where we're going. You're already working things in our life in the future to bring us blessings, to bring us opportunities, to bring us ways to serve. You're even bringing challenges to help us grow. Those are things we don't want to think about, God. Those are things that we don't appreciate in the moment. But help us to understand now the power of that in our life. God, we thank you for being here and being with us. We pray that we will really start looking for you. That we'll wake up every day and ask the question, where is God? Where do I see him today? God, I just pray for our church family today. There are so many that are hurting, that are struggling, God, that are grieving. In the greatest way possible, be with them. Be their strength. Be their light, as their light might feel dim. Be their energy, as their energy might feel depleted, God. Be their love. Help us to just be their family above everything else to help carry their burdens so that their life won't seem so heavy at this time. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the moment that he was here and he lived and he died so that he could be the perfect sacrifice to break us all out of the bondage of sin. Help us to not be controlled by sin, God, but to be controlled by your spirit every single day. Help us to live in the shadow of the cross. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for being the great I am. As in your son's name we pray. Amen. There is beyond the azure blue, a God concealed from human If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 9th Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to join us again. And until then, remember, we are a Church of Christ caring for its community.